It's time for week 10 of the NFL, and we are officially past the halfway point of the season. We're going to break down all the biggest games, give you our previews and predictions coming up next on the House Call Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Gridiron segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Hussein and Sammy. My name is Matt. And before we get into these big Week 10 NFL matchups, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this video, and that is Vivid Seats. This is the most trustworthy and easy-to-navigate ticketing website. They have reliable and rewarding tickets, a 100% buyer guarantee, which is your transaction will be safe and secure. You'll get full-service customer care and be compensated for any canceled events and it's got the only ticketing rewards program around all that means is to say it's the nfl season people i know you got a favorite team so i know there's a game for you to go to so go to it go to it now and grab your seats at vivid seats they're guaranteed so hit the link in the description and go sit vividly now normally we would talk about thursday night football at this point and there are some storylines with that game but i personally have no desire to watch and discuss that atrocity that we witnessed last night so we're going to speed right past that and to get in to the week 10 slate and we're going to get into what is now an extremely exciting matchup of young quarterbacks in cincinnati as cj stroud coming off a record-setting performance and a comeback win versus the bucks is going to go up against now red hot Joe Burrow and the Bengals who are writing a four game winning streak. And listen, my first question today is going to be about the Texans right now because they are four and four in just one game out of the five seed in the AFC. So Sammy, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. Obviously taking into account everything that CJ Stroud and this you know young Texans team led by CJ, obviously, and D'Amico Ryans have been doing. Can Houston actually make a run at an AFC playoff spot this year? Man, well, first off, howdy, everybody. I'm on vacation to Tennessee, which is why the setup is a little different. So don't mind that. Anyway, let's get down to business. Look, the Texans, in order for them to make the playoffs in the AFC, that gauntlet of a a conference, it's going to be very, very tough. I'm looking at the next five games. So the next five games, you got the Bengals, Cardinals, Jaguars, Broncos, and Jets. Now, some of those games are very, very winnable, but... People forget this. Just last week, the Panthers ended up upsetting the Houston Texans yeah. out of nowhere. So that it's clearly a wild card with this team. What kind of offense are we going to get? Now, if it's anything like we saw against the Buccaneers, if it's a top 10 offense that we're, we saw against the Buccaneers, they absolutely have a shot to make the playoffs. But it's going to be very tough, man. You got some pretty heavy hitting defenses that you're going to have to put up points against. And specifically this matchup against the Bengals, it's going to be very, very tough going into the jungle that is in Cincinnati and beating them. Look, say what you want about the Bengals. This team is is officially hot right now. CJ Stroud, in my opinion, though, has to be in the MVP conversation with how impressive he has played. 14 touchdowns, one interception. That you literally cannot deny he needs to be in that MVP conversation. He, in my opinion, should be top five in MVP voting. So it would be tough. But if there's anything that we've seen is that D'Amico Ryans has coached this team very, very well. The fact that they're even in this position in the first place is very impressive. I'm not going to say they are going to make the playoffs. As a matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and shut it down and say no, just because of how spotty they are. And also, it's a first-year head coach, first-year quarterback. As impressive as CJ Stratus looked, I expect him to struggle a bit closing down against these really – look, the defense that they have, the Jets, they've got the Jaguars defense that's been pretty good. they got the Browns defense they got to face, the Bengals defense. you got a lot of – there's a lot of things that have to go right in order for the Texans to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about it when I go. The depth of the AFC this year is crazy, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to really, really be a really good football team to actually sneak into the AFC playoffs this year. Because, I mean, there's 10 teams right now that you could realistically say, hey, this this team has a shot at making the playoffs in the AFC this year. So, yeah, they're going to have to really turn it on down the stretch if they want to uh, actually make a run. So, Hussein, I'm going to you, man. What do you think? Can the Texans make a playoff run this year? Can they? Yes. Will they? make a push for it yeah they're four and four they're sitting behind the jags um but will they make it Uh, the answer is no and i know the, the the problem with the houston texans is the problem that we do with a lot of things not just in sports but in life that start off really really low they've already overachieved 
But everyone's talking about C.J. Stroud. So we'll forget the fact that this wonder quarterback right now is having an amazing season. But he's still a rookie. Sammy right now is saying, hey, we should put him in the MVP race. That's what we do now, right? We, we've we had two in the MVP race. We've had Hill in the MVP race. Brock Purdy was in the MVP race. And at the slightest thing, we removed him, right? And this is a game that could potentially remove C.J. Stroud from it. But the one thing that I don't think nobody is talking about, and I don't think we want to because it's uncomfortable, but we've got to discuss it because it maybe makes it a little bit of an accountability issue is the Houston defense isn't very good. Yeah. Last week, they got carved up. This is a D'Amico Ryan. No one right now that is tied to this 49er defensive lineage is having fun right now. D'Amico right now with that 20th ranked Texans defense. Robert Saleh trying to grow the beard and putting his face <laughs> over. And Steve Wilkes, whether he's jogging down to the field this week. No one right now is having success. You've got a rookie quarterback. May it be. He's playing amazing right now. We don't think he's going to catch up to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So what we've got to take a look at is simple. Every division winner gets a spot into the playoffs. You can interchange a few of them. You've got Miami. You got Miami winning the division? Okay. Do you like Houston over Buffalo? I don't. You've got Kansas City's locked in there. Fine. Then you've got the North. You've got Baltimore or you've got Cincinnati. If they're able to go ahead and make this push, fine. Whoever you give that division to is the other team not going to make the wild card. Do you like them? Do you like Houston over them? I don't. So I think it's a nice story that maybe is interesting for Houston Texan fans, which has not been a very interesting, newsworthy team to follow over the last few years. But this team is still, this still, the team still has gaps, right? We still have a lot of uncertainty in a rookie quarterback. We were just talking about it right now. Where do we draw the line to where we go, yeah, this guy is good. We've done these things now where we move the goalposts where it used to be, well, that guy had a great rookie season. Now we're just talking about what the guy gives us five great games, Oh, that's a great rookie season. Rookie quarterback, yeah. a subpar defense right now, being led by a talented coach that I think will improve it. But no, the Houston Texans are not going to go ahead and make the playoffs this year. Yeah, listen, like you guys mentioned, as far as Houston goes, you look up and down their schedule. I mean, there, there's only two games that I'm really penciling in a loss for them. It's going to be this one, uh, obviously against Cincinnati, and then home to Jacksonville. But even penciling that in as far as a, a home loss to Jacksonville isn't fair because they already beat Jacksonville. They blew them out. They beat them by 20 in Jacksonville. So the rest of their schedule is as follows, okay? They're at Cincinnati, home to Arizona, home to Jacksonville, home to Denver, at the Jets, then they're at Tennessee, then they're home to Cleveland, then they're home to Tennessee, and then they're at Indianapolis. I wouldn't say any of those games are really gimmies at this point either, but all of those games are winnable for them. If the, if the, if the Texans really wanted to, they could win all those games. And if they really got hot, they could win all of those games realistically. But with CJ Stroud at the level that he, listen, the, the, the level that CJ Stroud is playing at right now, if you just look at the numbers and you watch the games, it's, he's top five. He's playing at a top five quarter as a top five quarterback level. Now that might sound like an overreaction, Look at the numbers. He's third in yards per attempt, third in yards per game, seventh in touchdowns, fewest interceptions of any starting quarterback in football. He's got one pick and eight starts as a rookie. It's ridiculous. ridiculous so he's obviously, he's, he's first in touchdown to interception ratio, obviously, and he's fourth in rating. So obviously his season has been unbelievable so far. He's decisive. He's accurate. He's got a lot more arm strength than I thought, than I saw personally saw in college. He's got some yeah, zip on those. Bros. That was crazy. That jump was insane. I did not see that arm strength coming, man. I didn't either. All. The game went the game winner last week that he threw to Tank Dell. That throw jumped out of his hand. It looked it was pretty effortless, effortless throw, and it jumped out of his hand. So I thought Stroud was going to be good pre-draft. I said his comp was kind of Matt Ryan with mobility was my comp for him pre-draft, and so I thought he was going to be a really good player. But I know I personally had Bryce Young over him for the number one overall pick. And listen, we talked about a pre-show. It's eight games, okay? It's eight games of their of their first careers, and I'm not making a definitive stand one one direction or the other yet. But it's not looking close right now, okay? Stroud Stroud is looking a lot better. He's in the better situation, better coaching weapons, but still, he's played better. You got it way better, not even close, uh, and you got to give him his credit. So, however, as far as the team goes. I still think this team is too young. I think they're still at least a year away from making a real playoff push, even though their schedule isn't the toughest. I think they're still too young. I think they still have some steps to take before they're a real playoff team. And but like I said, the AFC South is AFC South is so ass it's going to give them a shot. But I mean, there's too many other AFC teams that I think are better and that are going to finish above them. Uh, so I think they'll be in the mix, uh, but they're going to fall about a game or two short. But I want to transition our topic over to Cincinnati because obviously, like we all mentioned, Cincinnati is kind of gotten hot at the right time and they beat three straight really really good football teams as of late so Hussein I wanted to go go to you man where do you rank Cincinnati among the AFC playoff contenders right now 
we do this with Joe Burrow every year, right? Where we want yeah, we to do. talk about Josh Allen, we talk about the Pat Mahomes, and then there's Joe Burrow just kind of lingering again in this city that sees the sun two times a year, and we end up with him in an AFC Championship game against Pat Mahomes again. Cincinnati is an amazing team. I think this week is going to be a dog walk session for the Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Again, he's not going to see much of a different defense than he saw a week ago where he carved up the 49ers defense for 19 completions, I think, in a row. So you're going to Houston now where, again, it's a different team, but it's still that D'Amico Ryan DNA style defense, which, again, if it plays anything like San Francisco's D'Amico Ryan DNA style defense, Joe Burrow's already ready for it. The offensive players are already for it. And I don't think this is going to be a competitive game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I know we want it to be because there's a nice story in there in Houston and a potential playoff run. But the Cincinnati Bengals team, much like Baltimore, much like the 49ers, we're sort of at this point now with these teams where we're just going... We're not really concerned with what you can and can't do in the regular season. Like, this doesn't mean anything for me for Cincinnati to walk over Houston. It doesn't mean anything for me to say that Joe Burrow right now is in that MVP talk. We know this. What are you going to do in December and in January? But right now, Cincinnati's doing exactly what we thought Cincinnati was going to do. I had Cincinnati ahead of Baltimore coming into the season. Then Joe gets hurt, and that changes the ideas. But we're right back to where a lot of us thought Cincinnati would be in the thick of things right now. Just not where they are in the standings, but, you know, you take into consideration Joe Burrow's thing. But Joe Burrow's absolutely lights out right now. That offense is clicking. That defense is playing well. And I think this is going to be a nice victory here against Houston because they just ended up playing the team in which, again, it's ran differently with Steve Wilkes, but it's still the makeup of that D'Amico, Ryan, Robert, Saleh defense. Steve Wilkes, for those of you guys that don't know, was brought in to run the system that D'Amico and Robert established in San Francisco. So Joe Burrow has seen this defense less than a week ago or two weeks ago, rather, and he'll, 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 he'll have a fine time against the Texans. Yeah, like you mentioned, he saw this defense with, uh, obviously, the actual San Francisco defense a couple weeks ago, and he absolutely cooked. He was he 28-32 for, like, 280 yards and three touchdowns. So, yeah, he was going absolutely crazy. So, yeah, and the, the Texans, for as, as you know, as well-coached as they are defensively, I just don't think they have the players right now. They need more players on that defense as far as if they want to be a legitimate, you know, top-10 caliber NFL defense. They just don't have that right now. So, yeah, it could be a big one uh, for Joe Burrow here coming up on Sunday. But Sam Amy, I'm going to you, man. I know you were big on Cincinnati preseason. Uh, give me your thoughts, man. Who, Where would you rank Cincinnati right now in the AFC contenders? Man, this team, I'll be honest, They the last three, four weeks, we're talking the last four weeks, they've looked like the best team in the AFC. Let's, let's just call it what it is. The defense has locked up some of the best off run offenses. The offense seems to be back as well. I mean, let, let's call it what it is right now. The Bengals are back, right? This is the Bengals team that is that went to the AFC Championship game two straight years, right? This is a Bengals team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. This Bengals team, look, they're the best team right now. Even as a Dolphins fan, seeing like this team is the best team in the AFC. I like they look have looked way better than Kansas City. Even though Kansas City has this great record, it feels like their wins are more ugly. The last, the last four weeks, the, AF, the the Bengals have dominated these teams. It's not like they're like like scratching and clawing. Some of these games have been tight. I, I'd say the Niners game was a bit tighter. Maybe the Bills game is a little tight, but for the most part, they are controlling these games and they're and they're winning them. And then Joe Burrow, these last four games, ten touchdowns, one interception. The first couple of weeks, he looked like one of the worst starting quarter, like. Some of, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, and now he's back to being Joe Burrow, right? So, right now, if we're going to rank these teams, I right now how it has looked the last four weeks, I'm more of a "What have you done for me lately?" kind of person. And the last four weeks, the Bengals have looked like the best team in the AFC to me. So, it, it's hard considering I'm a Dolphins fan and I'm seeing the Chiefs go on this huge winning streak. But man. I, the Bengals right now look like they're the Bengals and they look like the team that is going to make the Super Bowl like I predicted would happen. 
Yeah, listen, Cincinnati has looked incredible the last four weeks. There's no doubt. I mean, you look at the teams they beat as well. Obviously, Buffalo, they beat uh, Seattle as well. That one was a closer game, and then they beat the Niners, you know? So those are three three legit playoff teams that they beat, you know, three straight weeks, a couple of them on the road, you know? So you got to give Cincinnati the credit. But for me, if I'm going to rank these AFC teams, I'm putting Cincinnati third in the AFC. And for me, I'm already kind of looking ahead towards the playoffs, so I'm sorry for me. The Chiefs are still number one. I don't care how the, the Chiefs are a team. I don't give a shit how the Chiefs look in the regular season. As long as they get to the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes is healthy and Andy Reid is there and Travis Kelsey is there, I do not mind right now. Because, listen, I've seen them do, do it too many times. The receivers ain't good right now. Obviously, they have bad receivers. But, again, you got the best quarterback. You got the best coach. You got the best tight end in football. And right now, that defense is top five, too. That Kansas City defense is absolutely Absolutely unbelievable. They are really good on the defensive end. So if you got the best quarterback in the league and one of the best defenses in the league, I think that's safe to say that you're probably one of the best teams in the league. So yeah, they're just they're just very trustworthy in the playoffs. So I got them number one. I'll actually go Baltimore at number two. Okay. They've been so dominant this year. Plus, if these two teams faced off in the playoffs, I, this is a hot take here. I think I'd actually give Baltimore the edge in this one. They probably should have won last year in the playoffs, and Tyler Hunt and Tyler Huntley was at quarterback for that game for the Ravens in the playoffs. Lamar is seven and one versus the Bengals in his career. Joe Burrow is three and three versus the Ravens, and he's one and three versus Lamar Jackson as well. So I think the Ravens are a more complete team right now. I think they're obviously their passing game, their running game, and their defense are all really, really good. So I think the Ravens are also a slightly more complete team. But I'd have Cincinnati at three. I mean, Joe Burrow's the second best quarterback in football right now that receiving core obviously deadly and that defense they played really well the last three weeks like i mentioned last three weeks three really good offenses the last three weeks obviously seattle like i mentioned seattle the niners and buffalo 18 points is the best any of them did so they are definitely back to being in contender but i'll take the chiefs and the ravens over them as far as right now goes uh but as far as the game goes i mean cincinnati's gonna win the game i mean for as good as the texans defense has kind of looked up until last week they really hadn't faced anyone they locked up the panthers the saints the falcons and the steelers the four games before that those aren't exactly the 07 pats as far as the offenses are concerned but i think cincinnati you know poses their biggest challenge yet they're gonna put up some points here on the texans and win comfortably 30 to 17 i think uh cincinnati's gonna win this one but Let's move to another a couple of AFC North teams. We just talked about one AFC North team. Let's move to a big AFC North matchup as the five and three Cleveland Browns take Deshaun Watson and their top defense on the road to Baltimore to take on the seven and two division leading Ravens. Obviously, like I just talked about, like led by Lamar Jackson, who just absolutely obliterated the Seahawks last Sunday by five touchdowns. So Sammy, I'm going to kick it to you first on this one, man. I want to take it from the Browns perspective first. Obviously, we've seen Deshaun Watson kind of be in and out so far this season and him, you know, not be great when he's been in there. So how much pressure is on Deshaun Watson before this big game in Baltimore on Sunday? I mean, I don't, I don't really like, I understand the question and it's definitely a question. I just don't think there's much pressure because we already know what Deshaun Watson is at this point. Like he's not a good quarterback. He isn't like there's pressure on this game, of course, to win it, but he's not a good quarterback. He's not a good starting quarterback. He hasn't shown this year that he could put up quality games against quality defenses. And in my opinion, it's it's kind of ridiculous because we're looking at this Deshaun Watson trade, and I hate to bring back the Texans, but you can't. I just can't help myself and compare the two situations. So you have the Browns who decided to trade for, I believe they wanted to trade for Deshaun Watson, and what they brought Deshaun Watson in, they gave him a guaranteed contract, right? So now they have the exactly they they now have a quarterback on probably the biggest guaranteed contract deal in NFL history. Right. And now the Texans have probably a quarterback that is having a top five season this year on a rookie contract. Okay. That is about the most Cleveland Browns thing I think I've heard in the amount of time that I've known about football. With that being said, I guess there's a bit of pressure to win a game like this because it's a divisional opponent against the Baltimore Ravens. Right. You have a great defense to back you up. And I'm, I'm thinking about it now. It's, it's kind of ever since Nick Chubb got down, I still I still think their run game has been a bit like there. Of course, their run game took a hit, but it's it hasn't taken an extreme dip like I expected it to. It's taken a dip, but not an extreme dip. I think the weapons there are pretty damn good. Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper is one of the most underrated receivers in the game. You have a great offensive line. 
and yet the Sean Watson is still terrible. So at this point, in terms of pressure, there's pressure to win the game. Of course there is, because it's a divisional opponent against the Ravens, and you you want to win this kind of game. But at this point, what can the expectations really be for Deshaun Watson other than trash? Because he's been trash all year long. Now, obviously, the expectations at the beginning of the year was that, oh, Deshaun Watson might be back, right? But we're what? Week 10? And he's shown absolutely nothing. All that he has shown is that he's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the entire league. So quite frankly, I'm expect I'll be honest about this game. I expect the defense of the Browns to show up, but you, on the other side, you have an offense that is clicking like no other team in the league are at this point right now. And then you have a defense that looks like a top five defense in the league as well. One plus one equals two. I don't think this game is going to be as close as people think it's going to be. Because quite frankly, I think the Ravens right now are clicking at a, at, a, at a level that's different from any other team in the league right now. There's pressure on Deshaun Watson to win the game, but I'm not expecting him to show up at all. Like it's it's kind of it's frustrating, really. Well, to me, I think you described why there's pressure. I mean, he's been so bad and he's got a $250 million guaranteed contract. Like, dog, you gotta play well. At some point, you gotta you gotta show that you're worth the contract, you know? But, he's he's got he's gotta play well at a certain point. You know, but you it's weak keep throwing out trash games. My thing is it's it's week ten. Like we it's nine week. He's had he had time last year. We gave him an entire offseason, and now it's been nine weeks, and he's shown us absolutely nothing. What's really the expectation at this point, other than he's gonna play like garbage, is my point. Yeah, and I mean, I get that, but again, if you're getting paid $250 million, you know, you got Right, gotta, no, of course, yeah. At a, at a certain point, you got to do something, you know, like you can't just keep being trash, you know? So, yeah, it, I I think there's tremendous pressure on him uh, this week. Hussein, what do you think, man? How much pressure is on Deshaun Watson this week? I'm with Sammy. I am not a fan of Deshaun Watson. I want to pose a question here, though, but Matt, you you did the whole neck twist, people's eyebrow thing. Are you are you on board? Before I ask my question, are you on board with me and Sammy that Deshaun Watson is now at best a serviceable quarterback? Because oh no, I'm, he's not good. Yeah, he's no, he's not good. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Let me let's get let's let's get the game thing out of the way. Division games are always hell. I think right. this Cleveland Brown defense is amazing. I think Miles Garrett is the MVP of the league, but the last time they played Baltimore, mm-hmm. absolutely I like dog that. Walk, absolutely dog walk the Cleveland Brown. All yeah. of us in this picture right here, we're all in the same situation with all of our teams. Pats fan, Dolphin fan, Niner fan a couple years ago. And I want this to illustrate that we at the end of the day don't know anything what would you guys have given up for Deshaun Watson when he was up for the trade? Because I would have yeah, given them right. anything <laughs> right. when Miami wasn't backdooring Sean Payton and Tom Brady to get ownership. To get, they would have given anything at first for Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Sammy, don't look at me like Sammy. Sammy, yeah. there were conversations six inches. You're not going to get me to turn my back on Tua. He was my travel you chief, and he's my travel chief now. I do not care. Wanted Deshaun Watson. No, I, but I, I was riding. I was. I, I was one of the only Dolphins fans who said I'm riding with Tua till till like the the wheels fall off because he has shown. I I kid you not. I saw Deshaun Watson and I'm like, you know what? And then when those cases showed up, I need, I need Sammy to add me on Facebook. I need to see 2019. 2020 <laughs> I, I don't have Facebook for that exact reason. <laughs> Yeah, no receipts. We don't want the receipts. No we receipts need... at all. Hey, you won't get Hussein, any. You're from right me. though. Hussein, you're right. I, I, as a Pats fan, I, I, I would have done that trade. I, I was a huge Deshaun Watson no, fan. Hussein's I would have right been like, sure. yo, let's, let's, let's give it up. Like he, I thought he was a top five quarterback before everything went down in Houston. So yeah, you're right. I would have done that trade. I challenge you guys to find me somebody that was at because we're we're speaking of cj stroud the way we spoke of sean watson he was Mm -hmm. in houston we we all talk about right now well i don't like my cat more than my dog i would have given my cat for deshaun watson give me the athlete give me the athlete that has come from that type of pedestal to a conversation here where Sammy and myself were going, he's serviceable, but who cares? Yeah. And that's where I'm at with this game. I think Baltimore wins it. Again, I think Baltimore understands how, you know, they face them twice a year. So there's so much film, mm-hmm. right? So much film on yeah. this Cleveland Browns defense. 
But the Deshaun Watson story to me is is always the interesting thing here. We've got Lamar, we've got Baltimore clicking, we've got Miles Garrett, and Matt is leading here with well, is the pressure on Deshaun? He, it was such a fall from grace that I can't seem to ever look at anything else that comes to this Cleveland Browns team other than looking at this guy and going, dude. The defense that this guy's got, Nick Chubb, God, if he's helped, man, this is a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah. If it's the Deshaun Watson that we all knew, and might be the favorite. And now we're just kind of like, well, hope Miles Garrett hurls the center at the quarterback for a sack all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I got Baltimore winning this game, though. They, um, they seem to handle them just fine in that first matchup, and it's a division game, and nobody has more film on Cleveland than everybody in that AFC North. Yeah, this is going to be – I'm interested to watch this game. First of all, I think there's a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson because he doesn't have to be like 2013 Peyton Manning for them to win games. He just got to make the plays and hit the throws he's supposed to and take care of the football. But like you guys talked about, he hasn't done that much in Cleveland. He has not done that very often. He did that last week, and the team was dominant. Granted, it was against the Toon Squad Cardinals lead by Clayton Toon, okay? But still, it wasn't close, okay? So against a team like Baltimore, he's got to get his shit together because that defense – listen, that defense is no joke, okay? We might get to see the best two defenses in the league in this game, but yes – uh, there's tons of pressure on Deshaun Watson. And in that little soliloquy, I didn't even mention the contract. So yeah, he's got to show up. There's no doubt about it for, 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 the, for the Browns to have any chance in this football game. We can't have conversations about a guy that has the contract that Deshaun Watson has the way that we're speaking of the CJ Strouds and the Brock Purdy's of the world where it's like, well, he did really good last week. Let's see how he does this week. No, dude, you've yes. got a quadrillion dollars all guaranteed. There is yeah. no, well, let's just hope and pray that he doesn't screw this. Like, what are mm -hmm. we talking about here? Man? Like, We're not Crazy. talking that way about Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking that way about Pat Mahomes. Like, we're like legitimately talking about Deshaun Watson. Like he's this serviceable quarterback, which is how he's playing, but living the lifestyle. It's essentially and, like, it's essentially like, I don't want to, I don't I, I hate to throw this kid because this kid goes through so much already with the New York media, but like, it's like with Zach Wilson, right? With Zach Wilson, you're like begging him, hey, do not make a mistake. Don't, don't do anything you can't do. Just take care of the football. The fact that this is the, kind of talk we're doing with Deshaun Watson, who was that's at great. what is that that's on I agree with uh Hussein here. That's insane. That makes no sense. Let me yeah, ask it doesn't you guys make something. Sense. Let me ask you guys something here though. Do you like we throw that we, it's a cliche, right? And it's though it's the Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback, right? The don't make the mistake type quarterback. If we know that we got to imagine that these defenses are knowing, look, there is nothing coming north of 20 yards. This isn't Tua dropping back. I mean, Tua dropping back here, and you don't know if he's going to go short, intermediate, or take a shot deep. We're talking Deshaun Watson, where if something is missing, and now the Cleveland Browns are just asking him to play this short to intermediate game, I've got to imagine the likes of the Baltimore Ravens are going, nothing is going to be thrown deep. And maybe that's also why he's not as productive because now we're not getting the, well, is Deshaun going to roll out? Is he going to go deep? Is he going to keep it short? It, there were so many aspects to his game that was wide ranging that made him so dangerous that if he's kind of been now pigeon held because maybe it's a skill set deficiency, I don't know. But if something is occurring that now they're making him be, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo with legs, well, defenses yeah. are going to eat that up. And especially the likes of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, it's a weird story, right. man. It's a weird, weird. It's story. very, it's very weird. And the fact that you, the our two comparisons this this segment for Deshaun Watson have been Jimmy Garoppolo and Zach Wilson are like it's the oh, most ridiculous fall. It's the most ridiculous fall from grace I've ever seen in my life. Like you were talking, like I would, I would have done the brown. I would have done two first, however many first round picks, anything. the two hundred fifty million dollar contract. I would have done it, you know, as a Patriots fan. And now he's, we're talking about him with Jimmy G and Zach Wilson. It's bizarre. I'm but buy Sammy a couple beers to get him to admit that he wanted him. <laughs> Brian Flores. Uh, jokes on you. Jokes, on, Brian jokes on you. I don't drink. I don't drink Hussein jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but look, 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 look. For real though, we'll get the truth out. For real though. Okay, okay. For real though. For real though. It was a very powerful like fight within me because of the, look, I'll be honest. I had studied Tua. For the long, I, I was the biggest fan of Tua even before he came to the Dolphins. At Alabama, I fell in love with him. 
So pause. It, it was just like, like it was unbelievable how we had, there was an actual opportunity to get him. So it was like, ah, but like my favorite quarterback and then uh, Deshaun Watson, like it was like a fault. But eventually, once I found out about the allegations towards Deshaun, I was like, oh, hell no. Forget that. Give me, give me two all day. Oh, I mean, yes. Up until that point, there, that was still, no. it was still a conversation then, like even with all the allegations. But there were a lot of payoffs at the moment. There was a lot. So we're up in that period where it yeah. was still like, damn, dude, Deshaun Watson's available. We're talking about a guy mm. throwing 35 touchdowns and like four picks to Houston receivers. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, D-Hop was a beast though. D-Hop was D-Hop. him. D-Hop yeah. was him. Yeah, but I mean, like you guys mentioned, it's a crazy situation with Deshaun Watson. We could probably do a whole episode on just Deshaun Watson fall from grace. But I want to transition here. Obviously, you know, the Ravens have been you know, had a stranglehold on the really the entire league at this point. They've been dominant so far this year, obviously beating, you know, a couple of really good playoff teams uh, two of the last three weeks by a lot of points. So, Hussein, I wanted to kick it back to you on this one about the Ravens. Obviously, we know how deep this, this AFC North is as well. And there's, you know, all four of these teams could easily make the playoffs. So do you think the Ravens hold on to this division or does someone else catch them in this division? I think the Ravens hold on and I don't think it matters. I don't like Baltimore against Cincinnati if they end up. Mm. I don't like Baltimore against anybody because the Baltimore Ravens are very similar to the Atlanta Braves pre-Sammy being born and the Marlins not existing in Florida where young Hussein had to watch the Atlanta Braves instead of no baseball down there. The fan base is like this. Again, we just talked. It's the same with Dallas. It's the same in San Francisco right now. I don't care. I know what Lamar can do. I know Baltimore's good for double-digit wins. And I know that this team is coached by an amazing coach. Can they beat Cincinnati? I don't think so. Can they Mm. beat Kansas City? I don't think so. They better win this division because if they've got to go on the road and take on Miami and that track team in a sunny winter 74 Miami weather, I don't think they run with them. So Baltimore needs to win this division. I just don't think it's going to matter because something happens and I'm not it factor guy. I'm not that type of guy, but... Uh, it's it's Baltimore again in the postseason for me, and this time, what are you gonna do? So I can I think they win the division. I think they're rolling right now, and I think it might. I don't think they're better than Cincy. I think Cincy's issue was the injury plague that we had with Burrow at first, and he's making his way to it. And they might come up a sandwich short of the picnic basket, and I don't care. And I don't think neither does Joe Burrow and the Bengals or Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. I don't. Yeah, I, I I I agree with you about the Chiefs. I would definitely favor the Chiefs over the Ravens, but I don't know, man. The, the Ravens have had a whole lot of success against the Bengals over the years, and Lamar has had a whole lot of success over the Bengals against the years. Obviously, like you said, it hasn't been postseason success, but again, they have a really good feel of, you know, of, you know obviously yeah. divisional matchup. They have a really good feel of who the Bengals are as a team. So, yeah, I think if the Bengals and Ravens matched up in the playoffs, I personally would favor the Ravens in that one. But, I mean, you, matter I, who's I, home, could, or are you taking the Ravens in both situations? I think it would. I think it definitely would matter who got adva- home field advantage, and and I'll, I'll talk yeah. about that when it comes my turn uh, for the division. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, they're they're close football teams at this point. I mean, they're both really really close. But Sammy, I'll go to you, man. What do you think, man? Do the Ravens hold on to this division, or is somebody going to catch them? I think if there's a team that can catch the Baltimore Ravens, it's got the team that has the firepower and the team overall. It's got to be the Bengals, right? Yeah. If, the, if there's any team that can catch Baltimore, it's the Bengals 100%. Now, the problem and what's kind of like favoring Baltimore is that Baltimore already beat Cincy at Cincy. So that's going to be – that's definitely going to like hold Cincy back. I do I do still think that Baltimore is going to win the division. Hussein, I'm going to bite back with this because I don't think – I the, the difference between I feel like this team – and the Baltimore teams in the past is how good this defense actually is. We're talking about a team that went up against the Lions and sh- almost shut them out. We're talking about a team that went to, up against the Seahawks and almost shut them out. The, this this defense is different from every other defense uh, that Lamar Jackson has ever had. And 
Lamar Jackson, unlike the past years, actually has somewhat some weapons to throw to, right? If yeah. these receivers are catching the ball, they're actually explosive. Zay Flowers, uh, Gus Edwards has had a, a rejuvenation of sorts. I mean, he's looked good. And when Rashad Bateman and OBJ are clicking, they're clicking. And then what, what hasn't been said about Mark Andrews, right? And the offensive line is great. Add that to the fact that they have the best defense in the league in terms of points per game, in terms of points per play, in terms of yards per play. I mean, they had their second in the league in, in yards uh, for a point. Like this, this team is completely different from any other team that we have fa- that the that the Ravens have had. Okay, and in my opinion, you guys talk one of the MVPs in my opinion on that team that doesn't talk, get talked about enough. It's Roquan Smith, the middle linebacker. Roquan Smith, I kid you not, since he got on that team, that team has made a complete 180. I kid you not, even dating back to last year. Those defenses prior to Roquan Smith, god-awful, terrible, fireable almost. Roquan Smith goes on that team, and it's almost like a Ray Lewis kind of impact, which apparently Ray Lewis personally trains Roquan Smith now, which makes sense now that you think about it. But man, that defense is is just way too good. So Hussein, I understand your point about, and I still, and, and though I'll, I'm kind of, kind of be a hypocrite here. If since he ever faced Baltimore, I'm not as confident anymore that since he can beat Baltimore the way I was a cup like prior to this season, I'm not as confident anymore because this defense is different. The offensive weapons are different. Lamar Jackson is coming at you different. I think. Right now, if Baltimore gets a home game against Cincy, I'll be honest, I'm not confident picking Cincy in that game. I think Baltimore potentially wins that game with how well they've been playing. Well, let's go across the landscape with that. I grant you Baltimore better than previous Baltimore teams. Right. Is Kansas City this year better with that defense than previous? Right. We're looking at Kansas City and we're looking at Cincinnati, right? Mm -hmm. I would even argue again, Miami's the one that I really do... And I'll be honest here with you, low-key, the Miami offense, I know we're all infatuated with, with, with the passing, but that offense is built to win in playoffs if that run game gets going. We saw what McDaniels did in San Francisco many a years against the Green Bay Packers when we were on the road. But the Kansas City defense is better than previous Kansas City teams in the mm-hmm, past, right. right? So you still have that Pat Mahomes offense element. We're now adding that Kansas City defense. So, yeah, Baltimore goes up one to catch up to Kansas City. But Kansas, the Kansas City go up one. The Cincinnati yeah. go up one. That That's where I think there's, I, I think the AFC is insanely strong. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's isolated to just one team. No, absolutely Baltimore not. Or Kansas City. Sammy's no. right. Baltimore got better. Yeah. The Kansas City, the Cincinnati. And I think that's what's going to be so fun about this postseason and again now we've got a Jalen Ramsey Vic Fangio defense and again do not sleep on this Miami offense if they completely 360 this thing come playoff time and you see more of a run first style offense which again is scary to me because McDaniel hasn't needed to really show that He's not running the Jimmy Garoppolo offense. He's running in San Francisco. No. He's really relying on the run. He's yeah, they got a guy potentially that going wait till January. And even in their playoff exit last year, it was a great right. game. Yeah, and like you talked about with Miami too, Hussein, I mean, they got Raheem Moser obviously having an amazing year. And they got Devon A-Chain coming back as well here uh, after the bye week. So they've got a lot of really, really good. We can't beat teams time. over 500, man. It doesn't matter. Well, to one well, sample, it's a one sample size in the playoffs though, Sammy. So, I mean, does it? Yeah. The, I'm the, just the saying Rams, that's what they've been telling me. Rangers beat the Rams eight games in a row, including three of them with Nick Mullen. Now, some of you will remind me of a dropped interception in that NFC <laughs> game, but we dropped it and the Rams beat us. It's like, it's true. Yes. Have they? Football is such a weird thing because it can all change because there's no three out of five or four out of seven where yep. the one game changes an entire narrative of a season. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, weird... it's crazy. It's crazy. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with all these AFC playoff contenders. Cause I mean, we're going to, we haven't even mentioned Jacksonville who should, I think should be mentioned in there as well. We're going to talk about oh, them wow. in the next segment, as far as contenders go in the AFC too. So, but as far as the Ravens go, I see them holding on to this division, but it's going to be tough for them. I mean, look at the rest of their schedule home to Cleveland. 
Cleveland, home to Cincinnati, at the Chargers, home to the Rams, at Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home to Miami, and then home to Pittsburgh. So, I mean, all those teams outside the Rams will either be in the playoffs or fighting for a playoff spot with a week or two left in the year. So, I think the Ravens hold on because they are the best team in the division, but it's not going to be easy for them at all. And as far as this game goes, my takeaway from the actual game, Browns-Ravens, it's going to be low scoring, and the Ravens are six-and-a-half-point favorites, so I think I'd take the Browns to cover that spread, but I think the Ravens are going to win. This team is too complete. I didn't. I personally, in the preseason, I didn't believe in them. They proved me wrong. Their passing game looks better. The run game is still dominant. Lamar is in complete control at all times, it seems like, and that defense, like Sammy just talked about, just played really two, two really good offenses in the Lions and the Seahawks, and in 120 minutes of football, they allowed nine points. I mean, they're legit. You can't deny it. Plus, they're at home with the better coaching quarterback. Give me Baltimore here. It's going to be close, low-scoring game. I think it's going to be 20-16. to 16. Ravens. Oh. Now, we're going to have another big game here in Jacksonville as Hussein's now 5-3. San Francisco 49ers coming off a bye and three straight losses are in desperate need of a win. Go up against Trevor Lawrence and the team I just mentioned, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are riding a five-game win streak and are atop the a- AFC South, excuse me. So, Hussein, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. Obviously, your Niners have been struggling as of late. Is this a must win for the Niners to remain contenders? Is it a must win to the fans? Ownership doesn't seem to think it's a must win, seeing that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch get promotions every two weeks and extensions every two weeks. Um, the situation with the 49ers right now is an interesting one. There's a lot of Things muttering around. They're moving Steve Wilkes from the booth down to the field. I'm, I'm hoping that that's not to try to replicate what a D'Amico Ryans and a Robert Saleh were, which were passionate young coaches yeah. just pumping, headsets are flying off. Steve Wilkes is a veteran coach. I will say this, though. I think one of the things that's and, – and I heard this take, and it, I think it's an interesting take – in regards to the defense. Statistically, the Niners are getting in the backfield. They're not able to finish with the sack and the run. They're atrocious. They're absolutely atrocious. And hopefully bringing over Chase Young um, adds to that. Right now, he becomes our number one sack leader, right? He's got five sacks. He's got the most sacks on the team right now. And he's a little bulkier right now than what Randy Gregory is, who I think has played fair. But, you know, it's an additional 25 pounds there on Chase Young. So Chase Young, Boza now, solidifying the end and then you've got Hargrave who's just been on an absolute tear but I do think that one of the things that could be leading to it is the fact that Steve Wilkes is a secondary coach his defensive calling might be a little bit different than what maybe Saleh and D'Amico did where there were more interior type guys and really focused on getting into that type of rush format I'm not I'm not as concerned about Brock as a lot of people would like for me to be Because I still have a quarterback that has not given me a 17-game sample. And if he finishes his first 17 games, and I've got out of him 25 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns, and six interceptions, a playoff victory against Dak Prescott and the Seattle Seahawks, a game in which he might have won against the Philadelphia Eagles, and a legit 5-0 start, I'm not as concerned. I think he's not above reproach. I think Kyle Shanahan, who doesn't really take me for a rah-rah guy, I think he takes me for a guy that's very passive-aggressive and is quick to go ahead and let Brock know, hey, this isn't going to be sustainable, and I will lose trust in you, much like how I loved Jimmy, gave him a big contract, and then wanted a field goal kick his ass out of Santa Clara. So. He's not my biggest concern. Uh, My biggest concern right now is the defense because of the the optics of what that defense looks like and what it's not playing like. This is a defense that has invested heavily into its front seven and we are doing nothing against the run and we are doing nothing against the pass in the form of sacks. Brock Purdy, you could throw a lot of narratives out there. Trent Williams was out and nobody here knows how to analyze five fat guys that block for three hours a day, but whatever it is that Trent Williams does, there's a reason why he's considered the best left tackle and arguably the best player in the league. Whatever it is that he does, well, in his absence, apparently Brock Purdy missed that a lot. And again, when you don't have a guy like Debo and Christian McCaffrey that you can both interchange, I've seen Debo line up at running back, McCaffrey at receiver. It's a different offense. So I, 
I'm not as concerned with Brock as many would be. Is it a must-win game? It sure is nice to be looking at 6-3, but the answer is no, and it's for a boring reason at the end of the day. The NFC West is really bad. This is a team, this is a division that scored a combined six points. The same Seattle Seahawks that 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 Sammy right now wanted me to give the Ravens praise to because they dog walked them. This is a division that mustered up six points in the Niners by week. If the Niners lose this game, I think the concern becomes more will the Niners get bounced in the playoffs? But is it a must-win? No, the division is really bad. The Niners are going to win this division, even if they lose to Jacksonville. But I sure hope they don't because it's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. And there is a backup quarterback we've got in there with the Brock Purdy narrative in which Kyle Shanahan said Steve Young Young in Sam Darnold. And I would not be surprised if Kyle Shanahan in one of his little psychological attempts to troll Brock Purdy sits him down if the young Mm. Iowa State quarterback does not play well this week. Man, that would be insane after how Brock Purdy started his career. If if he ends up getting sat for uh, for Sam Darnold at, at a certain point, that I don't would be. Think, I don't in, think you can insane. do it. I don't think you can do it to start a week, but I can see it if Brock has a slow start and a slow half. Hey, we're gonna give Sam. Now, I am not of that camp. I you've got to. I I've got no problems with Brock, man. Yeah, no. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say you better hope that doesn't happen because if that happens, that I I don't know how, especially as a young quarterback, you've played so well. He's had three. He's had three bad games. It's, let's call it what it is. He's had three bad games. Granted, they were consecutive. Okay, you'd rather have him not have him be consecutive, but he's played so well. And then you have three bad games and maybe another bad half, and then Sam Darnold comes in there like you. He's that would be it. that would crush your mind. Like that would you'd be so mind fucked at that point. He did not play a bad game against Minnesota through a pick against the Bengals. He made one of the most asinine plays I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you guys play Madden like I do, but every once in a while, maybe your fat thumb rolls over one of your buttons and you accidentally throw the ball. That's what that interception was (laughs) on the sideline to a linebacker. I was just sitting there like, but I I just, the same way I wasn't praising him yet to be in MVP talks and in in Joe Montana Brady talks, I'm not there on the other side to go, in 15 games, the kid's been pretty kick-ass. He's been pretty kick-ass. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously got the numbers to show for it, but yeah, like like we mentioned, the last three games haven't been pretty. So yeah, it's it's going to be an important game for him uh, coming up today. So Sammy, I'll go to you, man. What do you think? Uh, first of all, about this Brock Purdy situation, hold I know on. you have some. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, you hold on, man. Wait, Is this a on. must win for the Niners to remain contender? No, 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 no. Here's what we're not going to do. If 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 Brock Purdy ends up getting benched for Sam, we already know Sam Darnold is bad. Okay, Sam Darnold is not very good. Now, what, what he looks like in the Shanahan system remains to be seen. But everywhere, Sam Darnold has been bad. Okay, if Brock Purdy gets benched, the conversation now becomes how terribly they handled Trey Lance if Brock Purdy gets benched at that point in my opinion because there's no point if you go ahead and after three games which i don't think is going to happen by the way brock purdy to me has been okay he's been all right his stats have looked amazing on film he's looked he's looked okay against the cowboys he looked like a top 10 he looked like a top two quarterback but uh, against every other team he's looked he's looked all right you know but if after three games they go and one half and they bench him at that point it's like well the way you handled trey lance was bad the way you ha- you're handling Brock Purdy now is bad. The question now points at Kyle. Everybody should now point at Kyle Shanahan. Why are you doing this to your quarterback? But hold on. When you're talking about the Trey Lance being handled, are you talking about when he was with the team or the trade? No, with the team, of course. I mean, in my opinion, with the team, look, he never got a fair shot with the team. And obviously that was due to because of injury, right? But at the end of the now injuries, you can't really control at that point. But then with Brock Purdy comes in, you then bench Brock Purdy after three bad games. At, then you go ahead and trade trade Lance. Like in my opinion, that whole situation becomes really, really rocky. Now the San Francisco Niners. Back to the conversation at hand, of course. Look, the Niners do need to win this game, in my opinion, because going five and four. Look, the, you're absolutely right. Who's saying the division isn't very good? That 
if that that speaks to a testament to why if it's close right now and the division isn't that good that speaks more on the 49ers in my opinion than it does any other team now the seattle seahawks in my opinion are a pretty damn good team i think their defense is very underrated and their offense although gino's having a very spotty year this year for sure i do think that offense is going to click eventually right now the niners cannot afford to give seattle any kind of space so you need to win this game to give space for yourselves okay Look, Seattle, Seattle, in my opinion, has been a good team, but they're not the 49 in, in terms of the four in terms of like Super Bowl contending teams, they're not in the 49ers level. I think we all know that. But if they lose this game against ja the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And I believe it's at home, right? It's at home. They're in Jacksonville. No, they're, 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 they're in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Well, I don't think it should matter. But like it's regardless, the Seattle Seahawks, you can't give them any kind of space. Brock Purdy to me, this is a very important game for Brock Purdy. Because it's three straight games. This is your first time actually having some kind of adversity. The first three games you had adversity and you were absolute dog water. Now, this week, let's see how you perform when everybody is throwing darts at you, including myself. Everybody just thinks that you, you're kind of mid at this point. What are you going to do then? Because if he shows up, that'll show me something. But if he doesn't, man, I don't know, man. We might have to start having a conversation. Let me ask a question. And and there's no right or wrong answer. Was it adversity when Brock Purdy came in against the Miami Dolphins last year after Jimmy got hurt? Was it adversity? I mean, at that point, you give Brock Purdy a pass because it's like it's like his first game starting. If he performs well, good for him. If he performs bad, well, it's it's a it's a what Mr. Irrelevant. You expect that from Mr. Irrelevant. Was it was there adversity when he played his first playoff game against Seattle and then on the road against the Cowboys? I'd say there was a bit of adversity, but he didn't yeah. play particularly well those two games. And against Cleveland, he played terrible. I think it was the worst game yeah. of all the three games. The Cleveland really one was a bad one. But if Jake Moody kicks that. We we destroy the archive tapes yeah. and we're saying we're saying that he's clutch, right? So the clutch ultimately yeah. ends with him with the result, right? Of of Jake Moody. I uh, suppose. I we, we we I don't know. We my biggest concern is that I have got Nicholas John Boza, Hargrave, Fred Warner, Ufanga, all on that defensive side, and Joe Burrow carved us up. Oh no, the defense nice looks. The defense passes. also looks really, really spotty as well. Nineteen I agree. passes in a row, man. And no, the, of course. The problem that we do is we speak in absolutes when something occurs. Let's let me grant you that Brock Purdy is not clutch. I don't believe in the clutch gene. I don't believe in any of those things. But I'll, I'll grant you all that. We have done this thing now where we assume. People can't improve. The best wide receiver in football right now is Tyree Kill. He didn't come out in the first round. The Tyree Kill now that is playing for Miami is a route-running speedster. Who he yes. was in Kansas City was a guy that would just go run nine routes and get open. Ryan Sandberg made a Hall of Fame career out of the Chicago Cubs getting the advice one day from one of his hitting coaches to say, you need to start swinging for the fences. He went from contact hitter to Hall of Famer. Now, if you watch Ryan Sandberg and you watch a lot of these athletes early on work on their craft, it's kind of like a punishment now. And it's because we've got Twitter and so many, and we got 88 iPhones on, on everything, but we're not allowing, we're not allowing to see the genesis of the Jordan fadeaway shot. He didn't have it in 1986 against Larry Bird. He sucks. Seemed to have it when he when it counted at the end of his career. So I don't. I, I think with Brock Purdy, it's fine to say Brock, you've got to improve here, here, here. What the hell made you throw those things? But we're doing it right now with CJ Straw. What do yeah. we do with CJ if he plays three bad games now? Oh, with Houston. Yeah. Well, D'Amico's defense isn't that good. It's like I, the defense is what scares me. The defense, the defense scares me. I, I, if, if I was going to be concerned about this 49ers team, it it starts with the fact that I've got an Avengers Marvel cast on defense that isn't doing their job. Uh, and I and I know Matt, you want to go, and I'm going to let you go in just a second. I promise, I love you. That that, in my opinion, <laughs> that in my opinion is is a very great point. It's a very great point that you make their defense isn't like performing up to par, and I agree with that. 
I guess the difference is, and in my opinion, I don't think Brock Purdy necessarily does have it. And he hasn't shown proof that he does have it, in my opinion. So that's why I know I, I know it's very, you know, unfair of me to assume that he doesn't have it. But everything from these last couple, not just last these last couple of games, even in the playoff games that he's won, in my opinion, where he's had adversity, he didn't necessarily play well. Now he played, now he played it well enough to win. But in my opinion, that was more of a product of the Shanahan system and the weapons. Mm-hmm. These games, you're you're seeing it right now. You're seeing it. Sometimes when things aren't going well, he when McCaffrey's back, but Debo's not in, things are going wrong. And that, in my opinion, cannot happen. Now, it remains to be seen. I'm going to give Brock Purdy the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say, you know what? Write it out the entire season. Do not bench the guy. No matter how bad he's playing, do not bench the guy. Write it out the entire season, right? But in my opinion, at all the proof that we've seen up until this point, he doesn't, he hasn't seemed to have it. And that's not an insult, in my opinion. It's just how, much diff- how much different do you think Tua would look if we took Tyreek out and you were out there throwing to Chase Claypool and uh, Baxton Barrios? Well, he, the difference is he has Mike McDaniel and, and Tua is actually talented. Mm. Wait a minute, Mike. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Mm. Matt, you can go ahead now. <laughs> wait a minute. We're, we're two years removed from Miami Sports Radio having fist fights over whether they should have taken Justin Herbert over Tua. Well, that was well. That's well. That you're talking about Miami Sports Radio. Those guys are delusional. Look, <laughs> Brian Flores. Brian Brian Flores from the very beginning did not believe in Tua. Mike McDaniel from the very from the very moment he came into the building, he said, I believe in you. Here's 77,000 plays that prove that you believe in you. And I'm going to stick with it. I'm, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. This is the last thing I'm going to say. This is the last thing I'm going to say. And then I'm done because Matt needs to go. Like, like, look, Tua with Tua, it's a completely different situation. He has the head coach that actually believes in him, an offensive line that's actually blocking for him, weapons that actually separate. And you see the fruits of the labor. With Brock Purdy, he has all of that. And we're still questioning whether this guy can this guy can play well in certain games and in certain moments. So that you you don't want to brought Tua into the conversation. I didn't want to bring Tua at all, but here we are. Matt, go ahead before we get keep on well, arguing. Well, I think for me, I think they're actually in very similar situations. I think, like you mentioned, Sammy, they're in they're in pretty similar situations as far as the weapons they have. The uh, offensive si- systems are obviously similar because Mike right, McDaniel literally came from Shanahan. Because they, you know, Mike McDaniel literally came from Shanahan. Both got really good run games, and you look at the numbers; they're not playing too differently. I mean, even with Brock Purdy playing horrible the last three weeks, you look at his numbers; they're pretty damn similar to his numbers. So, and they have kind of a similar style of play. They're very anticipatory throwers. They don't have the strong arms they make a lot of those really nice intermediate throws on those dig routes i know Ty- two is obviously elite at it with with tyree kill and jalen waddle brock Definitely purdy's good it. at it too and again brock purdy's good at it too though and, and, and obviously two is a more talented player he was picked in the top five of the draft but brock purdy again he's played well so far for his career so yeah, i think those two are those those two are in very similar boats you look at the numbers they're they're almost identical as far as numbers go like two is might be a little bit better at this point but they're both really really good as far as numbers i think they're number one and number two in quarterback rating at this point in the nfl so and again the situations are very similar so i don't think uh i don't think saying that two is far better than brock purdy is i don't think you could say that yet i really don't i i, I mean two has been great but i mean brock purdy again he they're in similar situations and he's put up numbers so i think it could uh, we'll, we'll, again we're, we're gonna have to see more of a sample from both of them they're both young quarterbacks they both haven't started a ton of games so we're gonna have to see more of a sample for both of them as far as san francisco having to win this uh, this being a must-win game for san francisco to remain contenders I think it is. Super Bowl teams don't lose four straight games. I don't care about the circumstances or who you played. So, yeah, you got to win this one. And, again, Brock Purdy's got to show up. Obviously, outside of I think outside of the playoffs last year, this is going to be the biggest game of his career. It's the first bad stretch that he's had. He just had a whole bye week to sit there and dwell on how bad in the, the team and he's been. Now he's got to respond. I think he does because I think he's a good quarterback. I, don't, I never thought he was a great quarterback, but I think he's good. I think he's an above-average NFL quarterback. I think he falls somewhere in the 11 to 13 range. I think he's a little bit above average, and I think he's going to show that uh, this Sunday in Jacksonville. But obviously, we talked a lot about the Niner, this from the Niners' perspective. So I do want to touch on this from the Jags' perspective as well, because the Jags are a very, very interesting team 
uh, as far as the as, obviously as far as the NFL goes, because right now they're on a five game win streak and they're three point underdogs at home to to a team wow. that's lost three straight games, which is insane to me. So, Sammy, I'm going to kick it right back to you. If the Jags win this game, should they really be considered among the top of AFC contenders? Well, in my opinion, that would go on how the game script of the game actually goes, in my opinion. And let me explain myself. If the game goes and the Jags dominate the entire game and, you know, they they control the pace of the game and they score like 30 points and they don't let Brock Purdy get into rhythm, then yes, absolutely, they're, they're contenders in the AFC. Now, if it comes to a point where it's like the offense is a little spotty against this defense, the, the defense, and it's like a little ugly, I'll be a little hesitant to just throw them in the AFC contenders as the AFC contender. Now, regardless, in my opinion, though, it would be an impressive win against the Niners. I, just throwing them against, it would be an impressive win just throwing them up there with those contenders against teams that I think are better than the Niners, like significantly, not well, not, maybe not significantly, but better than the Niners. In my opinion, it would be difficult to lift them up to that pedestal. Um, honestly, I'm expecting a big Trevor Lawrence game. I, I, and I've been waiting for it all year long because he's on my fantasy. And like I picked him to win MVP and everything. I'm, I'm still waiting for it. I think this is a good chance that he does it. But man, against this, man, if, if they beat, do beat this Niners team at home, regardless, it'll be an impressive win for me. Just putting them in that pedestal with like the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Ravens, and may even the Dolphins, that would be very, very difficult for me. It would really depend how the game script goes. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, I think I think that obviously, I mean, I'm going to talk about it when I go. The three point, the the spread is crazy to me on this game. It's insane. Like the 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 Jags disrespect. They're they're way again. They're on a five game win streak. Niners on a three game lose streak. They're at home and they're a three point underdog. It's crazy to me. So I think they need it just to get some damn respect from Vegas and from everybody else around the around the league. But Hussein, what do you think, man? Do the Jags need this to really prove that they're AFC contenders? I'll piggyback off of Vegas disrespect for them. I've got them six in the AFC. I like Kansas City. I like uh, mm. Baltimore. I like Miami. I like Cincinnati. And I, mm. shockingly, I, I like Buffalo over them. So, yeah, I've, I've got no respect Ew. at all. I, listen, I'm, I'm, I, I, listen, I'm not going to get deterred by a five and four record. At the end of the day, they, they, I still like Buffalo over Jack. In a one-game one sample playoff, I'm going with hey. Buffalo over Jacksonville. I, I, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is who we want. We started this show pretending to want to elevate Houston to. Can they make? Yeah, they can make it and they can hang in there. But I think they're going to be the sixth best team in the AFC. Um, mm. Let's see. They'll win the South. That means they're going to host what? Buffalo or Miami. They're going to host Cincinnati or Baltimore. Yeah, I don't like. I like all those teams over them. If, like, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In, in a situation where Buffalo goes to Jacksonville, yeah. you think Jacksonville will lose? Yes. Oh, I disagree strongly. I disagree strongly. And they're a three-point dog to the Niners. That makes yeah, no yeah. sense. We I all know, that I makes no sense. So, you, so let's so let's make it Buffalo in the. What makes you think that Vegas will probably think? Well, I, at this point, I don't care what Vegas says because the, the Jaguars have looked so much better than the Bills. The Bills have lost games that they should have won. And and we speak about the Dolphins, and I don't want to bring up the Dolphins, but like we speak about teams like beating teams when they're supposed to. The Bills have not done that, and we have seen it affect them in the playoffs. So what makes you think that that can't happen again this year against a Jacksonville? The fact is that my there point. is no other league in professional sports where once the playoffs starts, nothing you did in the regular season. Ideally, you're going to get the same high seed, make it to the NBA Finals. Ideally, you're going to get the guys that win the pennants in, in the Major League Baseball, make the World Series on rare occasion. But in football, it is that crazy of a sport that once the playoffs start, none of those things matter. And if Buffalo wins three games at the end of the season to be hot, at that point, we just talked about did the 49ers peak too high? Well, if the Niners peak too high early, then there's a team that could peak too high right when it counts, which is right when it's going into the fourth quarter of a season, which is right in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd take both yeah, it, heartbeat over them. 
I I wouldn't take him in a heartbeat, but I can see where you're coming from. I mean, Buffalo, obviously, they have more playoff experience than Jacksonville as well. And we've seen Josh Allen, when he gets hot in the playoffs, there might not be anybody better than Josh Allen when he's hot in the playoffs because maybe just Patrick Mahomes and that's it, you know, because he, in the playoffs, he I saw a game against my Patriots where he literally didn't throw any incompletions and he threw like six touchdowns. So the guy is... <laughs> he was Bill Burrow two weeks ago against my nine. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, Josh Allen can get as hot or hotter than anybody in football. But I mean, yeah, the Jags need this win to not only prove their AFC contenders, but like I said, they need to get some damn respect. The Niners, who I just mentioned are on a three-game losing streak, are on the road at the Jags, who are on a five-game winning streak, and they still got the Niners as three-point favorites. You get three points for just being at home. That tells me if this game was in San Francisco, the Niners would be nine-point favorites. That is crazy disrespect to the Jags to me by the by Vegas they played better than that so yeah the Jag listen the Jags are going to win the AFC South because listen they're the AFC South sucks but again they got to win this game to prove they're for real however I think San Francisco needs this game more and I think they're going to come out ready and I think this ends up being a really really good football game but after all the talk that I just said that the Jags are getting disrespected by that three-point spread, I'll actually take the Niners by that three-point spread. I think it's going to be 23-20 to 20 Niners. But this is a good football game. Two really, really good teams. I'm interested to see kind of how this one plays out because obviously both of these teams kind of need a win for different reasons, in my opinion here. Uh, Niners, obviously, just to kind of get them back on the right track and the Jags to get some respect. But that's going to deal do it today here for us on the House Call Sports Gridiron segment. Thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all the feedback. Okay, thank Come you to Vivid Seats as well for sponsoring this video. Okay, shout out to the rest of our sponsors as well. That's Coffee Bros, Lids, SportMemorabilia.com, FuboTV, Pillow Fight, and more. If you want to check out any or all of our sponsors, the links are going to be down in the description. And be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms as well. At the House Call Sports, we got Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. We're up on threads. We've got merch. You can meet the crew and we've got blogs up on our website. Our website is www.thehousecall.com. That's going to be it for us. Peace. You can find yourself all the way in the back of the pack and heck, I can even see the Jets jumping you if Aaron Rodgers comes back. So, fix y'all shit. But I don't think I see you (laughs) walking